Welcome to an episode of Inner Work Guides, Alchemical Gnosis, Yoga of the West. I'm your host, John H. Reed III. Let's get to it. I'm calling this episode Initial Steps. I want to explain what session time uh, is like, uh, give a broad overview of what happens, especially in your first three months. Starting any new venture, one is filled with uh, doubt and wondering exactly what's going to happen. So in this episode, I'm going to explain again in a broad overview what you can expect, what happens, some of the reasons for it, and more to the point, what you can expect to get out of it by the end of those three months. And I want to start with a little something that I sent to uh, a student who had doubt about a lot of things. And I wrote to them and said, Doubt is the flagstone path to faith, and faith is the gateway to divine intimacy, which leads to the bedrock of experience, which transmutes faith into knowing. And that's what this entire experience really is about. It's about changing your relationship with yourself and how you experience the world around you. So the main thing in that change of experience is how you deal with circumstance. Most importantly, how you deal with what we would call adversarial circumstance or circumstance that is not what most of us want to go through whether you call it bad or evil or whatever have you, problems, most people see that as an adversarial thing. It's something to be overcome. It's something to be avoided. And the truth of the matter is, is that in the hermetic science, as I said before, alchemy is about transmutation. And that first transmutation is how you perceive the world. For most exoteric religions and their adherents, God may have indeed created the world, but they see God as being apart from the world, standing off in a distance, watching what's happening. Whereas the Hermetic scientists not only sees that divinity created the entire universe, but it is the entire universe. And so now what one is faced with when an adversarial circumstance arises in their life, a problem arises in their life, and, you know, obviously this is something that's uh, probably been a recurring theme in a person's life, whether it's anger, self-doubt, poor relationship skills, whatever have you. The question that the hermetic scientists ask is not how do I 
get rid of this, but how do I understand it? And why do we want to seek to understand what most people try to avoid? And the simple reason, again, is that we see the universe as being the being of God, of, of divine providence. And so, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the term shadow. Oh, it's scary or something like that. But you see the actual answer or the solution, the reason for the shadow every day. You go outside and you witness that phenomena. It is so commonplace that you've become blind to it. The simple thing is this. A shadow cannot generate itself. It can only be created by a light source. And in every culture that I'm aware of, light is always synonymous with divinity. And so if that shadow has been produced in your life, the question now is, why did God put that there? Again, divine providence hasn't created anything that's inimical to itself because everything is itself. So what is there for me to understand? And that's one of the starting points. It's in the friction of experience where the conversation with the divine occurs. If everything was cotton candy and light, there'd be no reason for you to look inward. You can rest assured that if there's dysfunction, pain, ignorance in your life, that friction that gets your attention that you want to turn away from, that is the divine seeking intimacy with your soul. Now, the secret to understanding these things is to go in and want to have a dialogue, not to want to change it, because everything has a right to be. Your pain has a right to be. And if you go into your system thinking that you can outsmart it, believe me, you can't. There's no intellectual jujitsu that you can do. The only thing that you can do is to show up and be inquisitive and understanding. Again, everything has a right to be, and that energy is you. That dysfunction is you. So you don't become whole by cutting off your digits, but you do become whole by seeking understanding of why there's this pain. And you, you, you can't show up thinking, I can lie to my system. Somehow or another, out, I can outfake it. Your system has been generated over billions of years that goes to make up your subconsciousness and your entire nervous system and all the archetypes that make up the human mind. You just have not lived long enough to be able to outsmart it. There's just nothing you can do. The only thing that you can do is to show up with unconditional love. You can't show up trying to hide a hammer and sickle behind your back. Your system's going to know. 
But when you go through this training, what you begin to experience is a shift in your perception about the world and the circumstances that you go through each day. Again, in alchemy, we say every daily occurrence is an interaction of the divine with your soul. And so now it's a waking meditation to go through life and seek that understanding. And there are practices that one does, but you definitely need a guide. People have been programmed to believe that spirituality, especially in the West, is this cotton candy thing, and it just is not. When I assign Vigil of Nature to my students, invariably, they all come back, and I ask them, well, how was your vigil? And they say, oh, I felt so centered and peaceful and uplifted or whatever like that. And I say, but... How can that be when you've told me that your dreams this week have been full of strife and you're having problems with family or co-workers or whatever? I told you to go out and experience your feelings. And those are your feelings, your legitimate feelings. So it's not something that you want to brush under the table, but most people do that. I'd say anywhere from 70 to 85, 90% of people come back and report that. And it's not an intellectual thing that you can seek to overcome. You need someone gently reminding you, focus on the shadow, focus on the pain. The shiny stuff already has been taken care of. You don't need that. What you need is to understand the dysfunction. And so feel into exactly what it is you're feeling. You might shake with rage one day. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Obviously, we don't want you to go out and enact that rage on someone. But seeking understanding of who and what you are, the first thing is to come clean with yourself about how you feel about a situation. That's the only way that you're going to be able to start diving into that situation to explore it. And so it's not enough to just sit there and say, okay, I realize that a light source creates a shadow. It's about having the nerve to step into the umbra because no matter what people say, most folk turn around and want to run. I mean, they call it inner work for a reason. And the fact is, is that if you've never had the opportunity to witness an autopsy, which I did when I was working in a hospital. You know, when they cut it open, they eviscerate a person. Uh, it's it's stinky. It's, it's not pleasant. And, you know, if your entrails or you ever had an operation on your bowels or something, it's, it's not pleasant having anyone touch your entrails uh, and being cut open and that smell coming out, that's inner work. That's analogous to what you're doing when you dive into your esosphere. So you need a guide because most of us can't operate on ourselves and stay conscious. You need someone to help you, to guide you. 
And so what does session time look like? Well, session time's reserved in blocks of 12 weeks, and that's because that's how long it usually takes a person to develop, even though it's a nascent development, a secure and experiential ability to work in the esosphere. And even after the initial blocks of 12 weeks, 12 weeks gives sufficient time for us to be able to make forward progress on the various issues that a person is dealing with. And all blocks follow roughly the same procedure except for your initial block. And in that one, your first four to six weeks, you learn protocols and exercises and accomplish certain entry-level tasks. And because this is an alchemical practice, using natural forces is a prerequisite. And what's more natural than being out in nature and allowing yourself to feel and experience your emotions, whatever they are, without judgment? I suggest that you spend at least five minutes per day outside, and it doesn't matter if you're in the city or a rural area, but you must be outdoors and, of course, dress appropriately for the season. This is what we call the vigil of nature, and it should be performed preferably at the same place and time each day. If life demands that you have to be in another city for some reason, we can be sure that nature has something to show you in that new area. And you need to be sure to document your experience. Now, during all that time, you're journaling and describing your emotions, your feelings, your habitual, non-productive thoughts, and, of course, any of the envisioned scenarios in which such things play out in your mind. In the inner work section of my website and the podcast that I recently did, I said the same energy that animates the dysfunction today is the same energy that will freely flow in its productive use when understood. In this regard, we want to separate the wheat from the chaff, but we're interested in the chaff, the lead, the base matter. Because as I wrote and said before, alchemy is about transmutation. Often we become accustomed to viewing things from a familiar perspective. We've been programmed. I spoke about that, how most people think spirituality is cotton candy. You tell them to meditate on their feelings and emotions, and they immediately do a knee-jerk of, I feel good, I feel uplifted and one with the universe. When indeed their nightly dreams are full of problems, their relationship and everything else is problematic at best. So these knee-jerk programmed responses narrow our perceived utility of any situation, any circumstance. And in order to understand that circumstance, we're going to have to gain a new perspective from which to view it. And then that ordinary circumstance or that familiar circumstance, we see it in a new light. And that new light reveals to us a myriad of new uses and views 
that were always existent in this circumstance, but were occulted from our erstwhile perspective. Once a person has the basics under their belt, we do a crossing into the esosphere and we begin our actual work. What follows after that first experience is a write-up of your experience and then you bring the write-up to the next session. And for that session and probably one or two more, we seek to amplify and integrate this crossing session information. That pattern of crossing, write-up, amplification, and integration repeats with additional modalities introduced when necessary. All the while, the vigil and journaling have been ongoing, so we've had a wealth of information to investigate and work on. Generally speaking, I don't introduce the use of alchemical substances, which I call alchemical oblations, until we've done, at the very least, three months of work together, but preferably six months. Inner work and alchemical gnosis are spiritual work, a work where you actually petition your soul. And when using alchemical oblations, I've seen people have experiences within a few minutes of ingestion, and some have had to wait weeks or months before receiving an experience. You know, you shouldn't think that because person A had an experience right away that you should. Everybody's different. And this isn't what you've been programmed to understand that what should happen. I take an aspirin, I feel better. The pain is numbed. This is a natural organic process. And at the center is the one, the one consciousness that is so diverse and complex that it's chaotic to our simple minds. But it works on a scale of economy. And so it can accomplish many things from one task. And when you take an alchemical oblation and you are seeking this experience, this understanding for this dysfunction that you're working on, it is a petition to your soul. And daily circumstance is going to arise so that you begin to move more and more closer to this understanding. But because it's organic, you have to live through it. You can't take a pill and just teleport to the other side. It doesn't work that way. So you should not be expecting a drop-in and tune-out experience or a drop-a-pill-and-tune-out experience. The oblation catalyzes an internal environment conducive for reconciliation, but it does not bring about the reconciliation on its own. Your choices within the esosphere bring forward movement or leave you seeking a more pellucid understanding of the dysfunction. My experience and those who have used these products find that the catalytic action of the alchemical oblation is actualized through dreams. 
detailed session work around the experience flowered by the use of alchemical oblations is essential to an integrated reconciliation. I've had a lot of clients, most of them men, they come to me and they say, well, I don't dream or I don't remember my dreams. By the end of three months, the majority of them are dreaming and having very profound dreams. Within a year, they're getting dreams that give them instruction about how to do things in their preferred venue of life, their preferred expression, whether it's medicine, art, alchemy. This is a transformative work, but it is something that you have to apply yourself to. But in doing so, I have not met a person yet who has followed directions, who has not felt the power of alchemy begin to transmute their lives. And that's within three months. The more you practice this, the more your perspective is changed. It's not that, and I, I don't want people to think that, okay, I'm going to do this work and I'm not going to have any more problems or circumstance in my life. That's not what we're seeking. That's weakness. What we want to develop inside of you is this ability to know that you are the equal of any circumstance that arises in your life. Because that's where true power comes from. Life is organic. If all truly is one and arises from one through the adaptation of one, then truly that's what life wants us to do, is to seek understanding of these various circumstances, these various interactions of the divine with our soul. You know, the most banal and ordinary is usually where the deepest treasure is hidden. Indeed, the alchemists say the first matter is underfoot everywhere. If people just learn to recognize it. So that's what you can expect when you begin working with me. And for those who would like to, a new class is for me. I do have some scholarship spots available. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inner Work Guides, Alchemical Gnosis, Yoga of the West. Don't forget to subscribe. Contact me by writing to the Inner Work Guide at gmail.com Go to my website, innerwork.guide, create an account to get on the mailing list, read the blog and listen to the podcast, click on the donate button to support my work.